0: I'd like for you to go with me this evening to the book of Judges, Judges chapter number five, Judges chapter number five, it's Mother's Day and um, that means all day long, Mother's Day and uh, so I want us to look at this passage of scripture from the book of Judges chapter number five we have a song it's a song of victory I believe God's people ought to sing I believe the most vital part of the music in our church is when our congregation stands together and lifts its voice to God corporately and this is a song that the congregation was to sing We see in Judges chapter number 5 and verse number 1, Then sang Deborah and Barak the son of Abinoam on that day, saying, Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel when the people willingly offered themselves. Hear, O ye kings, give ear, O ye princes. I, even I, will sing unto the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when thou wentest out of Seir, when thou marchest out of the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens dropped, the clouds also dropped water. The mountains melted from before the Lord, even that Sinai from before the Lord God of Israel in the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael. The highways were unoccupied and the travelers walked through byways The inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose. That I arose, a mother in Israel. I want to speak to you on that subject this evening, a mother in Israel, a mother in Israel. As we come to the book of Judges, we understand the time period in which we're dealing. In fact, if you were with us recently, on Wednesday evening, a few weeks ago, I preached on this thought, another generation. We understand that we are living in a generation in America that knows not the Lord. We noticed the characteristics of that generation. They were disobedient. In Judges chapter 1, uh, the Lord lists for us in His Word, the failures of the people to obey him and driving out the inhabitants of the land. In Judges chapter number 2, the angel of the Lord comes up from Gilgal to Bochum and he confronts them with their disobedience and many tears were wept that day. In verses 8, 9 and following we have the account of the death of Joshua, the servant of the Lord who died being 110 years old. The Bible says they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath-Arez. And then the Bible goes on to tell us that after Joshua died, all the elders that outlived Joshua, those who fought with him and those who served alongside him, eventually one by one they began to die. There were many funerals that took place. And eventually there were none left in his generation. We see that they were not only a disobedient generation, they were a dying generation. The Bible tells us there arose another generation which knew not the Lord, nor yet the mighty works which he had done in Israel. The Bible tells us that that generation forsook the Lord, and they served Baal. We saw that they were a departing generation. We found later that God, in his dealings with them, gave them over. Uh, to the inhabitants of the land they could no longer stand the bible says before their enemies not only were they a departing generation but they were a defeated generation i'm thankful for verse 16 in chapter number two that says nevertheless the lord raised up judges and those judges delivered the people even in the midst of dark days god is still in the delivering business As we come to chapter 5, we're still dealing with that generation. Chapter 2 provides for us a historical view of the entire book, looking back and also looking forward into the future to describe for us what will take place as we read through this uh, wonderful book. As we come to chapter 4 and chapter 5, we find that God is using a woman. Her name is Deborah. She is a mother In Israel. I cannot think of any higher title or any more noble vocation that could ever be occupied than to be a mother in Israel. To be a woman who brings children into the world, who loves those children, who teaches those children, who instructs those children, and who influences those children for the glory of God. There was a day when Joab was pursuing an enemy of David, and they found him inside the city. They knew he was there. They were ready to besiege the city. And there was a woman there, a mother in Israel. And she talked to Joab. And the wisdom of that woman and the power of her life and her influence stopped an army. And she said, are you going to come in and besiege this city? And kill a mother in Israel oh no he said far be it from me it shows the respect and the reverence that he had for a mother in Israel he told her there was an enemy there and she said I'll take care of it and the people in that town listened to the wise woman and it wasn't long before the enemy of David's head was thrown over the wall and the city was spared because of the influence of a mother in Israel I want to encourage you this evening, all of you ladies, I want you to know that God has given you a position of esteem and value. And God wants to use you, not only in your home, but in your church. He wants to use you. He wants to use you to influence young people in this generation because we're living in a generation that knows not the Lord. And so may God give us more godly mothers. As we come to chapter number four, we find the people of Israel are in great distress. They have suffered under the oppressive hand of the king of Canaan. And Sisera is the captain of the king's host. He commands a mighty army with 900 chariots. And he's coming to defeat once again the people. But God brings a great deliverance as Deborah influences a man named Barak who stands with her encouragement, with her influence to oppose mighty Sisera and his 900 chariots. And God brings a victory. In the song of victory that is sang for us that we read in chapter number 5, Deborah said, I arose, a mother in Israel. Uh, Just as a generation arose which knew not the Lord, there was a woman who arose, a mother in Israel. And God is going to use this woman to deliver a generation. May God help us to see some women, some ladies, some young girls, some grandmothers, some aunts, who will arise for the glory of God. The word arise here means to ascend, to emerge, to leave the place or state of rest, to begin to spring up, to originate, to begin to act, to exert power, to move from a state of inaction to a state of action, to become visible, to become operative, to be put in motion, to be agitated as the waves arose, to be excited or to be provoked. As we live in the midst of this generation that is oppressed by the devil and the world and the flesh, may God stir the hearts of the women who know Him and the mothers who are bringing their children up that they would arise for the glory of God as we consider this thought of a mother in Israel I want to point out a few things to you and I hope you'll write them down first of all I want you to see her virtue I want you to see her virtue in verse number four the Bible said in Deborah a prophetess the wife of Lapidus she judged Israel at that time and she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel and Mount Ephraim, and the children came up to her for judgment. We, we know a little, just very little about her. We know that she is a woman who was a prophetess. Uh, she was a woman who, who spoke the truths of God's Word. She was a woman who was obviously revered and respected. She was a woman who was uh, a woman of knowledge and wisdom. And when there was a case that needed to be solved, perhaps because of a vacuum of male leadership, they came to Deborah. She was a shining light in a dark day. She said in verse 7, I arose a mother in Israel. And so we see her ministry as a prophetess. It means she was inspired. It means by implication that she as a prophetess possessed the gift of song. For example, we see her song here in this passage. And by association, the wife of a prophet, we believe that this woman was a godly woman. The ancient concept of a a prophetess was a woman who had the gift of song. For example, Miriam in Exodus 15 and verse number 20, or Deborah, Judges 4, 4. Holdah gave the gift gave the king of Judah a word from the Lord in second kings 22:14. This term is also used to describe a false prophetess, Noadiah, Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse number 14. And so we understand that this is a lady who who has uh, who has a knowledge of God who who walks with God and has a particular gift to to lead the people and and to uh, write songs and and, and, and poems that will draw the people to the Lord. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 36 that Anna was a prophetess. She was the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. She was a prophetess. She was known as a woman who served God, a woman who spoke the truth for God. We understand in Acts chapter 21 and verse number 9 that Philip's daughters did prophesy. Isaiah's wife is identified as a prophetess. These are women of virtue. These are women who walked with God. They had a vital relationship with Him, and they were people who pointed their children and people who pointed, they were women rather, who pointed their children and the people of the land to the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse number 25, we have the description of a virtuous woman. The Bible says strength and honor in verse 25 are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in the time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. When she spoke, she spoke words that edified, words that built up, words that encouraged. You would never find Deborah in the gossip chain. You'd never find her whispering behind closed doors. No, no, she was an edifier. She was a woman who walked with God. Verse 27, she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Paul writing to Timothy speaks of the responsibility of women and the role of women in the church. And may God help the ladies of this church, to be godly examples for their sons and for their daughters. May God use them to be women who speak truth and wisdom and knowledge, who in their tongue is the law of kindness, who influence their sons and their daughters. Deborah is a woman who walked with the Lord and spoke His word. She was known for her love for God, her love for her husband, and her love for God's people. She was a woman who was wise and a woman who was godly. She said, I arose, a mother in Israel. She was a woman of virtue. Let me see, secondly, we see her value. We see her value. She was a very valuable person. As I said, there was a generation the Bible speaks of in the book of Judges that knew not the Lord. There are two descriptions of this generation that are given for us, one in the beginning of the book and one at the end. There was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's always a problem, isn't it? When everyone does what's right in their own eyes, when they're not submitted to the king. By the way, the king of Israel was the Lord. We're going to find as we come to the end of the period of the judges, they're going to reject God is their king, and they're going to ask Samuel to give them a king, and they'll get one. They'll get the king they want, King Saul. And after he's fumbled the ball all over the field, God will give them a king after his own heart, King David. But in the midst of this vacuum, in the midst of this, this uh, famine, if you will, of leadership, In the midst of this oppressiveness and this darkness, there is a woman that God uses, and she is a valuable woman. The Bible says in Judges chapter 4 and verse number 5 that the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. They came to her as a wise woman. They acknowledged that she walked with God. They acknowledged that she had the spirit of wisdom. And so when they needed direction, when they needed matters decided, they knew exactly where to go. They went up to Deborah. She was a valuable woman to them. Napoleon said, let France have good mothers, and she will have good sons. Abraham Lincoln said, no man is poor who has a godly mother. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 1, every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down. With our hands. Do you know that the future of a nation depends upon the godliness of the mothers of that nation? The future of our church depends upon the godliness of the mothers, the women in our church. I don't want to harp, I don't want to fuss, I don't want to seem unkind in any way, but recently when we took our young people to Disney World, we went into a, 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 a reception area in the resort where we, the kids were going to be staying. And there were lots of young people there. There was a convention of cheerleaders there. Our boys were very sorry to hear about that. Greatly disappointed. I remember watching one group in particular as they came out very immodestly dressed to the point it was embarrassing to the point it was uncomfortable i had just simply moved away from the line and i had found a seat in an area that was clear and when they came into our area they decided to pack their the, to drop their suitcases all around me and i was surrounded by the group i didn't want to get up and leave and just react in an unkind way so I motioned for my wife to join me just as soon as I could get her over there and I thought to myself as I saw our girls and I don't mean this in any proud way there's nothing for us to be proud about we're sinners saved by the grace of God but let me just tell you I was grateful to God that our girls were dressed in a way that I believe would be more pleasing to God. It reflected a spirit of modesty. And I thought to myself, if I was a young man, I wouldn't be interested in that group but I'd be more interested in the group that I felt like had some virtue. We need to teach our daughters to have virtue. They live in an Instagram age where you have to apparently, according to the world's standards, flaunt yourself for followers and likes where there's nothing left to the imagination. It's all on full display. And there's such pressure that these young girls put themselves under and they feel perhaps by the boys, hopefully not by ours, that they have to some way gain approval by doing that type of thing. Let me tell you, girls, you don't do that at all the greatest beauty you can have is the beauty of the Lord your God. We need to teach our daughters to be virtuous. And by the way, that's not a job for the pulpit. That's a job for the dad. Now there's truths that need to be taught from this pulpit, but there are matters that need to be handled with wisdom and love and kindness, but in truth in your home. And sir you're responsible And mom you're responsible And may God help you to do it And let me just say I'm thankful I'm thankful For what the Lord has given us I'm thankful for the young ladies In our youth group And their spirit about this They're not perfect by the way And I'm not holding them up to be that But I saw a difference And I was thankful for that difference and I hope our young men are thankful for that difference, because there wasn't a girl in that group that I'd want my son to say, "I want to marry her." Again, I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm just telling you the truth. Virtue and virtue brings value. And the Bible said her price. The price of a virtuous woman is far above rubies. You can't buy it. The world doesn't sell it. Only the Holy Spirit and the Word of God can produce it. And it's of great value. Now, a woman of virtue is a woman of value. And she is a valuable influence. I think of the influence of Sarah upon Isaac of Eunice on Timothy that Lois had on her daughter Eunice which in turn influenced her grandson Timothy who was the pastor of the church at Ephesus. I think about a girl, a young lady a young woman named Hannah she was married to A man named Elkanah who had two wives. That was never God's design, never God's design. She was barren. And Elkanah's other wife, Penina, she used the fact that she had children and Hannah didn't against Hannah to vex her. And Hannah, in the midst of some very dark days in Israel, she... She went up to the house of God and she prayed and she asked that God would give her a son. Do you remember that prayer? And God answered that prayer and God gave her a son. That boy was Samuel. And God used Samuel to deliver Israel. But there had been no Samuel had there not been a Hannah who prayed. There had been no Samuel had there not been a Hannah who prayed. Dedicated her life and her son to the Lord. And so we see a mother's virtue and a mother's value. It simply cannot be understated. And therefore, we must honor our mothers. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2, Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. This commandment is referred to nine times in the Scripture the word honor comes from a word that means to add weight to. I don't know too many ladies who want to be added weight or want weight added to them. But this means to add value and reverence to her. You shouldn't talk to your mother in a disrespectful tone. You shouldn't roll your eyes at her. You shouldn't dismiss her. She is a gift from a holy God to you who entered in to the valley of death to deliver you into this world. She deserves your utmost respect. She deserves to be honored. You can honor her with love. You can honor her with respect. You can honor her with obedience. You can honor her with gratitude. You can honor her with a listening ear. You can honor her with a helping hand and you can honor her with a Christ-like character. May God help us to honor our mothers. I want to give you a third thought about this mother in Israel, not only her virtue and her value, but I want you to see her venture. Her venture. I said a moment ago, we live in this Instagram age and I've noticed that it's very popular now for people to post all of their vacation pictures in exotic locations around the world. And I wonder, what do these people do for a living? And then I'm told they're called influencers. I don't want that crowd being the influencer of my children. They're called influencers. Yeah, I, I tell you, there's more life to do than go to the exotic locations around the world and pose for pictures all day. There's more life to do. Well, what are you giving your life to do? What do you desire for God to do in and through you? Do you know that God has a purpose and plan for your life? Do you know that purpose does not revolve around your happiness? That purpose revolves around the glory of God and the majesty of Jesus, that his gospel would be proclaimed, that his name would be magnified, and we are his servants, and therefore it is our great privilege and joy that we are able to serve him. And as servants, we're not just simply to sit around and drink iced tea and enjoy ourselves. It's not simply about going to Starbucks each and every day and posting all the pictures of the drinks that we're having and maybe you do that and I'm not condemning that but my point is there's more to life than that and don't send the wrong message that that's what life is about. You see, God has saved us in order that we might serve Him. Now, notice what happens here. There's a bad situation here. Sisera has come with his 900 chariots. He's ready to oppress Israel. We see in Judges chapter 4 and verse 6, and she sent, that's Deborah, she sent and called Barak the son of Abinoam and uh, said unto him, I'm not going to pronounce the name of the town, but uh, maybe Phil Pringle could tell you after the service exactly how it should be pronounced in verse 6. Kadesh Naphtali. That's what you were going to say. Thank you, Phil. I feel better about it. She sent and called him. She said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded? She's saying, hey, buddy. Hasn't God spoken to you? Hey, hasn't God said something to you? What are you doing all day? What are you waiting for? There's a great need in the land. There's a great famine for truth. Souls are hanging in the balance. Hath not God said unto you? Go and draw toward Mount Tabor and take with thee 10,000 men of the children of Naphtali and of the children of Zebulun and I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon, Sisera. God said, I'll do it. I'll do it, he said. Captain of Jabin's army with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hand. Verse 14. And Deborah said unto Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord hath delivered Sisera into thine hand. Is not the Lord gone out before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor and 10,000 men after him. You know, in this venture, To serve God, what does she do? She speaks to her children. Hey, what's the Lord doing in your life? What's God saying to you? There's more to life than just sitting around. What does God have for you? The need is great. The hour is desperate. What is God saying to you? And by the way, God said He would deliver through you. As a mother, what can you do? You can encourage your children to serve the Lord. You can encourage them to stand for Jesus. You can encourage them to get into His Word. You can encourage them to serve. Nothing encourages my heart more than seeing these young people in this choir singing for the glory of God. Don't ever discourage them from that. To see them serving on a bus router, to see them actively participating in in the ministries of this church, hey, let's encourage our kids to serve God. Let's encourage them to walk with him and get in his word. Not only does she speak to her children, but she stirs them. Notice verse 8, And Barak said unto her, If thou will go with me, then I will go. But if thou will not go with me, then I will not go. Hey, those words that she spoke stirred him up. He said, okay, I'll go. I'll go, but I want you to go with me. She speaks to her children. She stirs her children. She stands with her children, verse 9, and she said, I will surely go with thee. Notwithstanding, the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. For the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kadesh. She said, I'll go with you. She must have been a mighty woman. Here's this Barak, the commander of an army of 10,000 he says, I'll go and fight, but I'm going to tell you one thing. If I go, I want you with me. Sounds like a wise man, too. He knew God was with this woman. He said, I want you there with me praying. I want to tell you, if it weren't for the godly women of our church who pray for our church and pray for me, I wouldn't want to face the responsibilities God has given me to face. I remember Margaret Sperling saying, I pray for you, Pastor. I start praying when the service starts and I pray all through it. And you know what? I believe her. She had nothing to gain by telling me that. But now she's in heaven. Louise Abernathy said to me, I'm praying for you. Oh, listen. Uh, This church is advanced on the prayers of God's people and faithful women. And may I encourage you to stand up in their place. He said, I'll go, but I want you to go with me. And I'm telling you, when I come into the pulpit, I'm not coming alone. I'm coming with God's people beside me. She stands with her children. And then she strengthens her children, verse 14. Deborah, said in Barak, up for this day. This is the day in which the Lord hath delivered Sisera into thine hand. Is not the Lord going out before thee? Who did she point him to? Not to the enemy, not to the 900 chariots. She never said it can't be done. She didn't say, you know, you need to find a good career where you can make lots of money. You need to figure out how you can get in favor with Sisera because he's going to win this battle. Oh, no, no. She said, go up and fight and look at what God is going to do. We must point our children to the Lord and we strengthen them with the words of our mouths as we speak of the salvation of a great and mighty God. And so we see in this passage, this mother, we see her virtue, we see her value, and we see her venture. Then I want you to see finally her victory. Her victory. Verse 15 And the Lord discomfited Sisera and all his chariots and all his host with the edge of the sword before Barak. So that Sisera lighted down off his chariot and fled away on his feet. But Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host unto Heresheth of the Gentiles. And all the host of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword and there was not a man left. All of the enemy was destroyed. Verse 17, howbeit Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor, and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn in to me, fear not. And when he had turned in unto her, into the tent, she covered him with a mantle. We understand the story how that he went to sleep, and while he slept, she smote him and killed him. Verse 23, so God subdued on that day Jabin the king of Canaan before the children of Israel and the hand of the children of Israel prospered and prevailed against Jabin the king of Canaan until they had destroyed Jabin king of Canaan. The Bible tells us what God did. He he tells us in chapter 5 that the stars in their courses stood still. That God bogged those chariots and the horses that drove those chariots into the mud and God defeated that army listen we, we we look at our world and we we see the vehemence and the hatred that they spew toward God and God's children we, we see the political machinery and mechanism that they have established and it looks overwhelming to us may I remind you that in one moment God can overthrow the entire mess that God can deliver his children if we'll simply stand And so I am praying that like Deborah, there will be other ladies who will arise as a mother in Israel. It doesn't have to be anything special or unique about you. You may be quiet. You may not be quiet. You may be gifted. You may not believe you're gifted at all. But if you love God, I want to move you to action. More importantly, I want him to move you to action. And move you to prayer. And move you to encouraging our children. That God would move on their hearts. And that we would see a deliverance in this generation. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used his word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org.